Hi listeners, I'm Trey. And this is EY. Welcome to Pocast. Reviewing films with New Orleans flavor. What are my favorite types of movies? Romantic comedies and action films? Yes, but the real answer is romantic action comedies. I mean, this movie does kind of have a little bit of both. A lot of bromance. Definitely in love with Charisma Carpenter, which who isn't? Is that the... That, that, that is Jason Statham's girlfriend in the movie that we are talking about, The Expendables. Mm-hmm. Where she plays one of two female characters in the entire movie. Uh, and I can't believe this movie came out ten years ago. Right? You feel uh, old now. I do. And uh, they're still coming out with more. The Expendables, the first one. Came out August 2010, so it's it's a little over ten years old. Yeah, just um, over just over a decade. I thought this movie came out maybe like 2015, 2016. Well, yeah, uh, because like The Expendables three came out not that long ago, maybe like three or four years ago. I never saw this one and, until we watched it. I uh, remember obviously this movie was kind of everywhere for a while i mean yeah it was every not every but like a majority of the big over-the-top stunt action stars in the business for in this one movie and eric roberts and still cool steve austin stallone Mm -hmm. statham i think he also directed Um, this one he did i i think he kind of co-wrote it yeah directed i it's definitely a vanity project oh at 100 for, for stallone one of my notes that i wrote down is that it's a, a boomer action movie that hurts <laughs> that I, that really I, hurts the expendables i guess is is the name of their team but they also have like a I guess you can consider it like a motorcycle gang the motorcycle gang aspect, uh, which isn't like a plot at all in the movie, it's just they happen to yeah, all right. Yeah, it's just your thing. But that, and then the the soundtrack for this movie Ooh. is is boomer music through and through. Okay, that um, like, <laughs> I mean, just, you're not you're not wrong. I'm about not wrong. The soundtrack, but it was a good soundtrack. I'm not saying boomer music is bad. I mean, but I like, like saying it's saying it's boomer is putting a negative connotation on it <laughs> that was the first thought that popped in my head was this movie is just made for you're not wrong for boomers but i do but you know you know in, like yes it has you know sylvester stallone and and jet lee even though he still still looks like he's 15 in this movie uh you know it does have some older action stars but this is also one of the big launching points for careers like jason statham and terry cruz you know, like this was this was one of their earlier films that really started to get them more attention. Well, to an extent, I, I think Terry Crews was kind of already on on the map. Yeah, but like popular, like he did White Chicks. Um, <laughs> yeah, which thank yeah. God for White Chicks. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's. But like, I'm not. I'm not saying this was like the first one, but like, this is definitely in their like early career that was like getting them a little more notice, especially Terry Crews and just the action scene. I can't say I'm a huge action person. My kind of introduction to like the Rambo type movies were the uh, the Hot Shot movies, like Hot uh, Hot Shot Part Two. 
or I it's it was kind of like the airplane esque um, oh, comedy yeah. movie. Um, I think it was specifically the second one really played around with the the Rambo aspect with uh, Charlie Sheen, and and that was kind of my introduction to Stallone. Rewind to ten years ago, this movie was everywhere. Everyone was talking about it. Had like an eighty million dollar budget. It made I think close to. 250 million or so obviously because they made two more sequels and i i think there were some more sequels in the pipeline i didn't feed into that hype just because i i just don't have that connection to late 70s early 80s action movies and and that's what this movie really was banking on it was that crowd as far as the setup for the plot it, it's a group of mercenaries that go to an island to try in the to stop Gulf of Mexico, an evil drug lord based um, in New Orleans. They're based in New Orleans. It's important. Yeah, they're based in New Orleans. Uh, obviously, since we're reviewing this film, and and the movie's kind of split. I, mm-hmm. I feel like a good chunk of it. Yeah, like a, it's about in. half half and half. I thought, and that was one of my concerns when you picked it. I was like, well. I didn't even know it. It even took place in, in yeah. Part it was in New Orleans. It was um, my concern too, just because I like I've seen this movie before, but it was a long time ago. Not right when it came out, but like a few years after I watched it, and I'd completely forgotten that it took place in New Orleans, and I totally forgot all the stuff that does happen. Because I mean, there's like you know a big car chase. There's kind of interpersonal scenes between the characters that takes place in New Orleans that I just completely forgot about. I was relieved when I saw that when watching the movie is like oh it was about half and half between new orleans and the island of valina yeah and i was surprised too because i i thought maybe the very beginning of the movie would take place in new orleans and then they would get to the island and that would be it but there's actually kind of some back and forth and i would say i forget how long this movie is but it's about an hour 45 minutes okay so probably i would say a good 30 40, 45 minutes of it takes place in New Orleans. Yeah. The first scene, and, and that's what kind of made me like <laughs> kind of start considering the boomer aspect was them riding down the streets in New Orleans Wild at night hogs with not motorcycles. Here. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you mentioned that <laughs> because when I finished this movie, I was like, a good companion film for the Expendables would be Wild Hogs because. You're not wrong. Wild Hogs is the comedy version of Expendables, or The Expendables. Kind of. Um, If I was good at this sort of thing and had the time, I would almost want to, like, recut both movies and combine them. I would watch There's not much there, but I feel like, I don't feel like anyone kind of in our age group thinks motorcycles are cool, like, I'm going to go get a Harley and, and ride a motorcycle. Um, excuse that, is that you. still a thing? It is for me. I still want a motorcycle. I still plan on getting a motorcycle. Okay, Boomer. Uh, I guarantee you there are other people our age who are like, fuck yeah, motorcycles. Okay. I just, I felt like the generation before us is kind of now the ones that are like, Oh, it, it's we're cool action stars if we have motorcycles. Is no, was my thought process. That's not. That's not even. That's that's not even like the thinking of why motorcycles are cool. You just. It's. It's like. Oh my god! You're gonna. You're gonna make fun of me for this. Motorcycles are like 
the horses of like they're they're like mechanical horses and and you're like road knights and shut up anyway uh let's talk about the kind of first action scene of the movie uh the simoleon pirates which which that just made me think of south park well i and i feel like i would have to do research so i'm not gonna i don't want anyone to take my word but there was a time where that's Everything that was in the news was about Somalian pirates. Yeah, and that I was assume... around the time the uh, the thing with Captain Tom Hanks movie happened. Yeah, so I'm saying I I assume this movie came out around the same time, and that's why they kind of chose that as it's not the the main bad guys of the movie. No, but it, it's kind of the yeah. first. It's the first action scene where, of course, a member of their gang has kind of started losing it. Gunner. Played by I, Dolph Lundgren, former Punisher. And I, I was definitely intrigued by that scene where he, I guess it was a shotgun, but it blew someone up in half. Oh, yeah. And then that's where we get kind of our, our first cheesy line of the movie. He says, uh, like, too low. Too low. I guess he meant to blow his head up. I or... that. I thought that was kind of funny. But I, I was surprised this movie had a lot of bad cheesy action lines but none of them really stuck out as memorable it didn't have its it's like yippee kaye motherfucker moment no but um, i did feel like and and that was something that i was thinking about watching the movie is that like the strong point of this movie isn't and was never going to be dialogue or script oh no, but yeah. i did think that and honestly i would not be surprised if the dialogue was like mostly improv just between these actors oh um, there's the there's the part in this movie that's very much improv i'm sure uh, there is but i thought that like the back and forth they had was actually pretty entertaining like i thought jet lee was one of the funniest people in this movie uh, there's a part later in the movie where he's talking about how he should be paid more because he's smaller yeah. <laughs> and he has to do more. He has to walk around more, takes more effort for him to, to do things because he's so small. Yeah. So definitely kind of there really isn't much comedy in this movie, but he is kind of the more comedic of the surprisingly, group. Surprisingly, surprisingly, it's Jet Li. But yeah, not Terry Crews, amazingly enough. No, he has some some moments. Oh, he but... does, and he's one of my favorite parts at the end. Oh yeah, well but yeah, I, like I'm he's sure. not the comedic part of this movie, which is just a surprise. No, and that's another thing. It's it's a pretty what four or five? No, more than four. Like five or six people that are part of the the main group. It's five guys after Dolph London or Gunner is cut from the team. Okay, so then it's five. But not everyone gets equal screen time. This is mostly uh, Stallone and Statham. Yeah, pretty film. much. They're kind of the two main focuses. Well, they're also the only ones in like a good chunk of the movie where they do recon on the island where it's just them. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they really do hog the lion's share of screen time and the others are just kind of there when they need to be. In the opening action scene with the, the pirates, they're... And it probably wasn't done this way, but there's a moment that they kind of use uh, night vision or infrared. And I would like to think, I assume maybe it was kind of like just a little callback to, um, I think, action movies in general in the 80s, but definitely The Predator. Oh, yeah, I Because um, I feel that. like after The Predator came out, 
every movie had to use that kind of uh, thermal reading. And I they used it in this film. And this is probably the first time I've seen it in a movie in decades. Well, I just love that like one of the shots we see that's of the thermal imaging is just a really badass shot of Sylvester Stallone with like dual pistols. Uh huh. Like we had to have that shot, obviously. That was in his contract. I, I do want to give this movie credit as far as you could say overall editing. I, I thought for this type of movie, especially the action scenes, and I think comparing it to other films at that time was really well edited because you have these people, these older action stars, going around beating everyone up. Mm-hmm. But it does not rely on up-close quick cam shots and quick edits. A lot of the actual like fight scenes are taken from far enough away where you can actually see everyone fighting. And I well, did I mean, appreciate I f- that because yeah. they could have they copped out and because everyone's so old, used a bunch of close-up shots and kind of have that shaky cam feel. I did appreciate this film did not do that at all like well, you I think clearly that's... saw everything happening in this the, in this movie yeah and i think that's definitely the benefit like you know yes sylvester stallone and dolph lundgren are definitely past their prime in age but i mean they're still like they've basically like these actors that were in this movie have basically lived their lives in incredible shape bodybuilding and doing all of these things so like even even though they are you know in their 50s and 60s at this point like they're still able to do their stunts like they're still able to do stuff so they didn't have to like do edits or cuts where they were switching in actors and stunt guys. So I think that's definitely one of the benefits of this movie, whether they're old or not. I didn't see for everyone, but I know Stallone definitely had a stunt double. I saw. Oh, I'm sure they had credit. them, but like but they didn't have to use them as much as like if it were like Ryan Reynolds or something. There's a scene where Stallone jumps onto the the plane. I'm sure like for that scene of him jumping, they use the stunt double. But for the actual fight Tom scenes, Cruise did it. i i just i did appreciate so many films kind of do a cop out and Mm -hmm. take the easy way out but this film clearly shot everything and and you got to see the action up close but it wasn't and it wasn't a lot of cgi which is another thing i thought was great that the like the stuff that happens in that movie happens yeah there's a couple of gunfights and things like that but i would say a majority of the action slash fight scenes is physical yeah fighting i do appreciate they they went in that direction after the first big action scene they kind of go back to new orleans and and have a little break and this is where they meet mickey rourke's character mickey rourke's character uh tool mickey rourke is such a strange dude right um he that cowboy hat he was wearing in this movie and just worn in every other movie it's literally stapled to his head he's such a like, I felt so dirty when he came on screen. And this is the scene where there was definitely some improv. It had to be, tattoo. because that was too awkward to it be written was. down. He's messing with him about giving him a tattoo on his, his bald head. Mm-hmm. And it, it really is. It's the most, most awkward improv. I, I'm i not a good improver, pravi, however you Improvisationalist? Yes, that it was really bad. And they it was just it was awkward. It. it was like a, a two and a half minute scene. And it just for whatever reason, I would hate to see the other cuts of that. Scene. 
uh, unless that was the only one and they just went with it. But when did Iron Man 2 come out? Because they definitely, um, he had like the Probably same around the style. same time. Well, like also, this was also the time where Mickey Rourke had like a bright shining star for about 10 minutes where he did Iron Man 2. He did this and he also did The Wrestler, which was like a huge success. He had a little bit of a comeback and, and then, then just disappeared again. I disappeared again, but I, he's a, he's a strange little man. After that kind of scene, we get our cameo from mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Bruce Willis. And Bruce Willis. In the movie, he plays just a, a rival mercenary, mercenary team a leader for whatever his team is. And Bruce Willis's character is pitching another mission. And Arnold's like, no, this is like child's play i'm not gonna do it it's it's not worth it and like leaves they get the mission and stay at statham and and stallone are gonna go like run recon so they go to this island that is in the gulf of mexico called valina and their their mission is basically to take out this general who's essentially been bought by this ex-cia agent or FBI agent, I'm not sure, I don't remember which, I think it was CIA. And he's basically using the country as like a cocaine farm, and they're basically being sent there to take them out so that the CIA can like get control of it, because that's what the CIA does. And they meet up with, I don't remember her name, but the woman that kind of like shows them around and like, you know, spills her heart about freedom for Valina, who ends up being the general's daughter, who, did you ever watch Dexter? I watched the the first season when it first came out, but never went any. Okay, than did that. you recognize the general? It, does he play the like the main detective Not friend or one of? He plays one of the main detectives, the one okay, that was in okay. like the Hawaiian shirts and. Uh, yes, yeah, that's that. who I'm thinking. Yeah, of. that that that's him. It's always funny when I see him in something else because like. He was so prominent in Dexter. It's just it's funny whenever I see him in something else that he's not uh, Angel from Dexter. So while yeah. they they end up uh, while they're you know getting the lowdown on Valena, and then for some reason General soldiers show up and they basically get into this island long car chase fight scene that ends with them getting on the plane and this is where you know you mentioned stallone like jumps on the plane while it's taking off and then they turn around and they start shooting the dock where all the soldiers are from the plane and then light it on fire of course uh eric roberts who plays the the drug dealing cia agent and stone cold steve austin who plays his bodyguard are the only ones to survive yeah so this at this point I want to say it was at or around about the one hour mark. And this was the first big action scene in the movie. You have that kind of small introduction one, but this is like the action scene, the big first action scene of the movie. And I loved it. No, I thought the, uh, the gasoline trick Mm -hmm. where they go over, spray the gasoline on the dock and then, uh, Statham fires a flare and then blows everyone and, and lights them up. I, yeah, I mean, of course you can't have, stone cold steve austin die that way and and obviously not the main one yeah everyone else uh is is barbecue there's just some a little back and forth after that and then they they figure out what's going on why they want um the expendables to to take this guy out and decide that it's just not worth it 
Yeah, and but then, we also we also get do get like really quickly before that a little more into Lee Christmas's little side story where he has like this uh where his girlfriend played by the lovely and amazing from Buffy and Angel Christmas Carpenter. Uh he like gets back from their mission and he finds out she was cheating on him, but then later, Well, okay, she wasn't cheating on she him. She kind of was. He he went away for a month and had no contact whatsoever. So he was out I, doing mercenary things. Did he want her to like text her like, hey, what you but up she, to? She specifically says, I don't know what you do. So there's obviously a lack of communication. Okay. And I'm just saying. I'll give you that. There was definitely after a month, some. Okay. Maybe not explicitly cheated on him, but there was definitely some miscommun- some poor communication on both parts. Yes. Uh, anyway, he goes back there and he finds out that her new boyfriend hit her and she has like this huge bruise on her face, which then he does what I think every goddamn action hero should always do is go beat the absolute shit out of a domestic abuser. And he does it so publicly and so shamefully, like he like beats the shit out of him, him and his friends at a basketball court. And then he like takes a basketball, puts it on his chest and takes his knife and just drives it into the basketball and scares the shit out of him. It was awesome. I think that's probably one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. I, I like that one too. Yeah. And Any scene you get to like torture and terrify a domestic abuser, fucking a plus. Yeah. And specifically I like the part with the basketball yeah. because he, he like, he smacks him in the face with it. And then gives it to him to hold, and then yeah, takes like his his giant knife. Now and that's a knife. Stabs it. Now, in the beginning, or when he gets to the basketball court, he specifically says he doesn't want to do anything that's going to land him in jail. Yeah. <laughs> but then immediately does everything that would land him in jail. I mean, we could argue that it was self defense on his part. After that, they just kind of hang out in New Orleans, and and that's where you get kind of a. Uh, a little moment with Jet Li's character and Stallone's character riding through the streets and, and Jet Li asking for more money and, and giving his so reasoning because <laughs> he's so little, which I love that part. It was funny. Um, it was really funny. And, and kind of makes sense. You know, you can spin it that way. Sure. And that's where you get your New Orleans car chase. Yeah. At a certain point, Gunner, because he he left the group, is... Hired by the the drug cartel dude to uh, to kill the the rest of the expendables, and I never get why they do this stuff in the middle of day. Better lighting. I I don't know. My first thought was like, why didn't Gunner wait until everyone was separated and just when they're sleeping or something? I I mean. Because I know it's nitpicking. That'd be be like the coward's way out or something. Oh, but doing a drive-by in in broad daylight? Uh, That they totally survived, so I mean... Yeah, you see bullets go through Stallone's truck. No, somehow they didn't go through. I guarantee you that truck, story-wise at least, was like bulletproof. Uh, it is not it is not at all hard to believe that he would have made that truck bulletproof yeah i did like that truck though it was yeah it was a nice truck it even had like a a cd pop-out thing that instead of a cd had a gun Uh, of course (laughs) because i mean because boomer (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly it's such a boomer thing to have. finally they figured out how to use the cd drive and they put a gun in it they, they eventually crashed. go back to the island. Well, they crash through a warehouse first, and this is where, like, 
Dolph Lundgren and Jet Li have their big fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which Sylvester Stallone ends by shooting him and then gets inform- – like he gets information from him that he didn't really need. Yeah, because he just asked who hired to kill him and they don't really find out anything new. Well, they are – yeah, they already knew. Like, um, like it was – I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a cool action scene, but there was no point to that aside from him yeah. killing their friend who, spoiler alert – end of the movie he's not dead and he's their friend again yeah that like that really pissed me off it was just kind Um, of like okay whatever yeah so stallone shoots him shoots gunner and i guess has such perfect aim that he he shot him not in the heart but like above it somewhere just slightly above it to where it wasn't gonna kill him yeah whatever (laughs) yeah but then they get on the plane they go back to valena (laughs) I think Stallone has like a, because for whatever reason, Mickey Rourke's character is like the wise man. Well, yeah. He used to be part of the group, but he's, they're still friends, but he's not actually part of the He's kind of like their handler. Like he gets their jobs for him. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a part of the group, but on the sidelines. Yeah, he doesn't want to be in action. And uh, they kind of have like their kind of mentor-esque speech moment where mickey rourke shares a story about how he was on a mission killed a bunch of people and he had the chance to save someone um who was being affected by uh, that environment and was going to commit suicide but all he did was turn around and walk away and and that kind of gives stallone um the push to go back to the island and rescue this girl and and kill the warlord um so they go back to the island and then that's where it's i guess non-stop action yeah that's where the action just starts and doesn't stop till the end of the movie yeah and this is you said what the movie is an hour and 45 minutes yeah so this is like the very the the in the home stretch it's the very end of the movie where you know, the next 25 minutes of the movie is is pure action. Yeah, and they like they sneak in, they set bombs around the place. While they're doing this, you see that the uh, country warlord is like starting to act against the CIA dude uh, because he's like torturing his daughter now. And they it really doesn't really go anywhere. He He ends up getting shot because at this point, the Expendables are, are making their way through the island, mm-hmm. kind of going through the underground tunnels, setting up the bombs to blow up the building. And then when they try to escape, when they eat, they reach the end of the line, that's where kind of the 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 army or the whatever you want to call it, the drug lords men or the generals men kind of have them surrounded and they can't escape. But they can't blow up the building, obviously, because they're in it the girls still in the main building and then that's where the general gets shot honestly i i must have blanked it out i don't remember um, the the drug lord kills okay. him and and takes the daughter away okay and then that's where all hell breaks loose once the uh the general gets shot by the drug dude uh eric eric roberts, eric roberts julia character. roberts brother oh is he yeah oh i didn't he's know the that. lesser roberts Oh, he's one of those guys, and I I never remember his name, but he he pops up here and there. He, he has does. a very distinct 
face but like none of, everyone like, in this movie the best but... thing the best thing he's been in was dark knight so i always just imagine that at like the air that the roberts parents home they have like all of julia roberts awards in a display case above the mantle and then they just have a picture of the dark knight pinned on the refrigerator oh i'm but... sorry I'm not, am i wrong <laughs> No, Am I no. wrong? I mean, you're definitely right. This is where the probably coolest scene happens with Terry Crews and um, Stallone. Oh, yeah. Terry Crews with the giant gun that just goes. But I was talking about specifically the, the helicopter where Terry Crews yes. chucks a bomb into the air and Stallone shoots it to blow up. A, yeah. <laughs> to blow up a helicopter. Oh. Bad ass yeah i was was also there's also when uh stallone goes up against uh stone cold steve austin i thought was a pretty cool fight even though Sylvester Stallone gets uh as as he says when they get there they get to him after the fight and it's like oh man what happened to you he's like i got my ass kicked but how did stone cold steve austin die i feel like you're putting me on the spot i i don't even i'm trying to remember they Um, set him on fire oh so i guess you could say he wasn't oh, no. stone cold anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible. That was I some know. boomer humor right there. But I did I did specifically note that the helicopter scene was it was ridiculous but but amazing. But I do have to say and you know this was a surprise even to me. Like this like you know this last you know home stretch where it's just it's nonstop off the walls action and giant gunfights and big strong guys punching the shit out of each other this is also kind of where the movie lost me i just i there were definitely parts where i just i stopped paying attention and i mean this is like the last 15 minutes of the movie i know and i just i stopped really paying attention to it like i think that's why i didn't know what happened to the the warlord cuz i just i wasn't paying attention at this point I was just like dicking around on my phone or something because it just it just lost my attention, which, again, is very surprising because that's the exact kind of stuff I like. So I, do, I don't know what that really says about the movie. It just it, it lost me. I don't know. I mean, I I didn't have that problem. I didn't think I it was did... bad. It was just. Well, no, I, I, I didn't. Well, so the next part, like after that, is Stallone is chasing the drug lord who has the girl kidnapped and, and Stallone gets shot and then the drug Lord, it happens. It, there's nothing to really draw it out. Like there's no big speech at the end or, or yeah, no monologue. <laughs> um, Stallone literally just pulls out his six shooter again, shoots him a bunch of time. And then you see like this giant knife come through his chest and, statham's character uh i assume threw it well yeah because um, that's his thing and then they're like huh, i guess it was a tie that's it well yeah uh, that's because it hooks up into the very um, beginning of the movie they're talking about which was faster between the two of them and between if bullets are faster if knives are faster oh yeah no i i know that i, I and just I mean, mean and, and as, like from it killing does... the killing the big bad guy to me that was a pretty lame way like all he does is get shot well, I mean, and stabbed. It's not like think? he was. It's not like he was like Stone Cold Steve Austin. The movie was one of those ones where it has like, uh, and I think George Lucas, no, not George. I think Spielberg puts it this way: is like you have a champagne villain, and then you have kind of a tough guy villain, where one really is like 
all business, doesn't doesn't fight, doesn't do any of that stuff, and then you have the other villain that does. And that's what this movie was. You had Eric Roberts, who was, you know, like, yeah, he can shoot a gun, but that's about it. Whereas Stone Cold Steve Austin is the one that does all that other stuff. So like to kill him, yeah, it was just kind of what else were you supposed to do? For a movie like this that is kind of a callback to those earlier action flicks, I was expecting maybe just something a little more than just um, being shot and stabbed at the same time. Um, uh, and that was that's a kind big of, knife. Kind of I mean, he got stabbed Oh, yeah. I mean, that was it was practically a sword. A sword. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I was surprised that Statham threw it. Um, He's just I, that good. I just don't... <laughs> I guess. I mean, he has to be. Anyway, after they hug, they go back. That's where it's revealed that Gunner is still alive for whatever for whatever reason. Yeah. And they forgive him. Like they're legit hanging out, having a good time, and Jet Li is just like, I forgive you. Yeah. Like, are you are you shitting? All friends happily ever after. And then Jason Statham, for some reason, recites a poem and then throws a knife. Uh Uh-huh. And then the most boomer credit music that you could play. It was good Um, music, EY. I knew from the beginning that this song was going to be in the movie at some point. The boys are back in town. Oh, yeah. Such a great song, though. I'm not arguing, okay? I'm just saying... It's very Boomer-esque. If you had to give this movie between one and five Sylvester Stallone goatees, what would you give it? I'd give it a three. I'm not, again, I'm not a huge action person, um, but this movie definitely makes me want to watch the other ones. I really enjoy the characters, but I did like the back and forth banter. You know, I mentioned it before with the editing, but I, I thought the action was good from the, the fight scenes to the actual Big action scenes. Yeah, an easy three out of five. Solid action flick. Obviously, you can't go wrong with the cast. The only thing I wish, and maybe the, the sequels do this, was that some of the other characters had a little more screen time. You know, Statham's whole subplot, I didn't really feel like it added anything in the film. And I, I would have liked to see some of the other characters interact with each other a little more and and things like that and then the acting is <laughs> is what you expect so uh what about you how many boomer <sighs> stallone go- goatees would you give this film so i really wanted to give this movie a four uh i was really excited to watch this movie just because you know it's it's literally my kind of movie you know and as the movie went on it kind of went down to a three and then by the end of it i gotta give it a two you know, like all the good things I say about it stand, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't have good things to say about it, but like by the end of the movie, I'm just, I'm not, I wasn't paying attention to it. It lost my, my focus. Like I, I wasn't really just into it for the last half hour of the movie. And, you know, it, it can do all the great things at the end of the movie at once. If I'm not paying attention to it, it doesn't really matter. So I, you know, I hate doing it. I just, I, I, I'm giving it a two. There was one last thing that I noticed. And, and when I was looking everything up that when I'm putting information together and I just Google the movie, it kind of gives you a, a breakdown of everything on one page. And 
and most of the times it gives you a rating from like IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and Google reviews. This is the first time that a movie has ever given me a Walmart rating, and I assume it had so many reviews on Walmart.com in some way, shape, or form that it it showed up in the the Google analytics. I don't um, even know how to respond to that. Well, I'm just saying, I think that completely sums up this movie and who is catering towards. <laughs> because this movie has a, a 4.8 out of 5, uh, I guess, stars, or whatever Walmart uses, but it's a, it's a 4.8 out of 5. And it's the first movie, not even 12 rounds, popped up on with a Walmart rating. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you liked what you heard, remember to rate and review us on your preferred podcast app. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcast or on Twitter at PocastNola. If you want to see everything in one place, visit our website at PocastNolaPodcast.com. Suggestions and feedback, positive or negative, can be sent to PocastNolaPodcast at gmail.com.